0: Welcome to the FE Research Podcast with Jo and Alistair, a podcast that aims to shine a light on the practitioner inquiry, scholarship and research being carried out within further education.
1: This isn't a one CPD session fixes all kind of approach, this has got to be robust and it's got to put the people first.
0: Welcome to the FE Research Podcast. Uh, my name is Joe Fletcher Saxon, and with me, my partner in crime,
2: uh, Alistair Smith. <laughs> Hello.
0: Hello. How are you?
2: Not too bad. Good.
0: All the way, all the way in, uh, down there, in Lincoln. And our special guest today is Mr. Mark Beatlestone. How are you? Oh
1: yeah, yeah, very well. How are you both?
0: <laughs> very good. How have you been coping in lockdown?
1: um yeah i've been coping kind of the same as everyone else i suppose um it's 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 been a blessing and a curse in some ways obviously it's not ideal that you know it's not ideal circumstances but being at home being locked down it's meant i've been able to spend some more time with my little boy spend some time with my wife and so i've kind of I've, i've i've enjoyed it in a in a kind of uh, sick kind of way I suppose
0: all right yeah it came at a good sort of a good time for you because of course you've just had a, a little baby boy how old is he now
1: uh he is eight months
0: yeah so in a way sort of oddly perfect timing well yeah. look, um tell us a bit about yourself what you your working role is because actually with your job I thought you'd be mega busy lately so tell us um, yeah. what you do, Mark
1: um, so I, um, I work at Fairham College, which is on the South Coast, uh, and I am the Technology Enhanced Learning Manager. Uh, and I've had that job since about January. Uh, so really kind of perfect timing for coronavirus. Um, but before that, I've, I've worked at the college for about five years and I've, I've worked in FE for about 10 years doing a variety of different jobs. Um, but I've been teaching at the college for about five years, um, primarily a vocational college. Lots of apprenticeships, lots of kind of um, vocational courses, Uh, and I'm an IT teacher by trade. Um, But I've kind of moved up into the world of management uh, and I'm in charge of technology enhanced learning. Right. So,
0: yeah. Okay. And is that just another way of saying, you know, digital stuff or what?
1: (laughs) Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. 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 Everyone's probably got a digital person at their college with a different job title. Yes. Ours is technology enhanced learning management. Well,
0: you know, sound, it sounds posh. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we actually met then the three of us on the um, sunset, the ETF sponsored sunset program for all practitioner research, um, didn't we? Yeah. A couple of years ago now. So, do you want to tell us a bit about the kind of things you've been researching?
1: Yeah. um When I uh, I, I started that research, it was the first time for me back in. Some form of education for a little while. Uh, I see, see it as education, the research, the, um, CPD kind of thing. And um, my my initial um, project was all about digital, and uh, I, I I wanted to um, find out the the whether digital was any good in the classroom, whether technology enhanced learning had any impact, um, and whether it was it was any good. And I was quickly kind of found out from the, the reading that I did and the, the other projects that I looked at but, that this had been done to death and, and the, the consensus was that, yeah, digital is good in the classroom when it's used well. Um, and so I kind of had to pivot my research quite quickly um, into to streamline it a little bit more, if you like. So it became less about whether digital's any good and it kind of worked on the premise that, Yes, in the right hands it is good. And it became more about well, if we know it's good and we're working on that assumption. Why don't more people engage with it? Um, and so it became more about kind of that.
0: OK, right. Well, have you have you got all the answers now? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, that is the real question. <laughs> OK, <laughs>
0: um, so um, you, you did the, the short course. Have you carried on with the MPhil?
1: Uh, no, um I did apply to carry on with the MPhil, um, but I wasn't successful this time. However, I do plan on applying next year.
0: okay, um, okay. so you you did your short course co- the short course, so there was a, a smaller scale project to do. Did you have an actual research question then? Can you remember what that was?:
1: um, Yeah, it was along the lines of um, if we know that educational technology creates value, why don't more practitioners engage with it?
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Um, so I really wanted to look at unpicking the barriers, unpicking the reasons at quite a local level um, for why people didn't engage with it. Um, and especially teaching in the setting that I teach at, um, we we get a lot of dual professionals uh, and people that come from industry to teach or that might spend time out in industry still working um, and that teach kind of maybe two days a week, something like that. So... I wanted to kind of unpick um, the reasons that they don't engage with the technology, Um, trying to bring it back to the the pedagogy of things.
0: So did you go for, (laughs) in a a nice way, the people that you knew were not particularly engaging or did you just um, have a sort of random group of staff that you um, in effect got data from in some way?
1: Um, it was a fairly random group. I did, um, my methodology did basically say that I wanted to speak to people that were risk takers and seen as quite innovative and also people that, um, kind of, they put their guard up straight away. Um, and so it wasn't kind of, I didn't want to just speak to those people who, who didn't engage because I wanted to know what made people engage as well.
0: Okay. So how many people? were involved in this
1: then this study. Um ten ten um deliver members of delivery staff yes. uh in total um and a, and two managers two curriculum managers as well okay. um to kind of give me that overarching view.
0: And did and how did you gather them did you was it interviews, was it surveys, what were you
1: doing? Yeah so there was a there was a it was a good opportunity for me actually because um we did I did I did an interview, a fairly informal, unstructured interview with each person. Um, and then I also did a, a whole college survey as well. Um, we we worked we did some work with Jisc, um, and we we had the opportunity to do a big whole college survey, which was kind of a benchmark survey. Um, and it came right at the right moment because although the the questions were quite standardised in terms of in order to be able to benchmark the responses. Um, there was quite a lot of opportunity to custom, to add some customized questions onto the end as well, so not only did I get quite a, a a benchmark view of where our college was in relation to the national picture, but I also then got some you know uh, survey kind of data yeah. from that as well. So. Okay.
0: so I'm really interested in what the, on the, the people who are maybe less engaged. What kind of things were they telling you then? What was coming out in the interviews?
1: Um, interestingly, it kind of subverted my expectation, if you like, because I, I initially kind of had the perception that people wouldn't engage because they were too jaded. You know, they, this stuff had been thrown at them for years and their egos had been bruised. And I kind of had this perception that, you know, they didn't engage because they just didn't want to. And in fact... Um, most of the people that I spoke to um, did want to engage and they did want to become better practitioners, you know, at at using this technology, they did want to invest in it. Um, But for a myriad of reasons, they just didn't. Um, And sometimes that's shrouded in things like negativity or fear or, you know, but once you start to break that down, actually underneath, most of the people that I spoke to in my club sort of interviews they, they, they all wanted to be better but the reasons they gave were all pretty much the same um, and that is I don't have the time to to invest and I don't have the space to do this I don't have the space to give it time to breathe um, quite a lot of my reading around the subject um, sort of shaped this as well uh, because kind of I'm kind of in agreement with them that attending one cpd session on how to use something in particular that's not good practice that's not how you improve that's not how you you kind of gain the confidence and the skill you need to embed this into your craft and so it became less about kind of quickly banging a cpd session out and more about giving people time to reflect um so you
0: you were trying to make it pedagogy first.
1: Yes, it it and that product. was a, that was a massive shift from my own personal um, perception of the technology enhanced learning sphere as well. Um, is that it's not about the product; it's about the pedagogy.
0: Mm-hmm. And they needed time to work that out. That's not, yeah, that's good. So, um, I think yeah, well, we'll move on to Alistair because you've kind of what. Um, answered most of the questions i have planned for you okay. i just want to make sure somewhere on the line make sure you tell us what's changed but let's hear from alistair next
2: yeah okay mark it's really interesting listening to you sort of say there that, that you're identifying these common themes that have sort of time and space to to do the work um and the next question i, I or the, the question i normally start with anyway is about how you've managed to use your kind of research in the classroom environment um, but I'm gonna twist it round slightly because I'm interested to know how it's used in the classroom. But actually more specifically, um how much kind of the, the current events and close down with sort of the, the COVID nineteen has forced people into that space of almost having to respond now um, to find that time and to dedicate the the space available to kind of make those changes and support what we're doing at the moment as well.
1: Yeah, um and that's kind of what I hoped you'd ask me about. <laughs> um because it's been the research that I conducted and the project and the piece that I, I did was was for me fundamental to how we tackled the um the COVID issue um because the 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 what we did was less important than the how we did it and the how we treated the people um you know we, we went through a we had about a 10 day window 10 day working window to get Every single member of staff, um, confident with the, the what they were going to have to um, take on for the foreseeable future, and so you know, my my whole rhetoric to the to the senior management was about we have to put the people first and do this in an empathetic way, which will allow people to engage with it and come back to us with problems and questions. This isn't a this isn't a one CPD session fixes all kind of approach. This has got to be robust and it's got to put the people first uh, and the pedagogy first as well. It's got to, it's got to answer their questions about their, their practice um, and not kind of assume that what we're telling them is going to work. We have to problem solve. We have to problem find, work through issues with people and prove that, you know, that, that, this can be a positive thing, although it's scary. <laughs> and I yeah. like to think the research kind of informed a lot of
2: that. So it has its purpose. And um, I, I know that there's talk among the staff I, I sort of teach alongside as well that what we're doing now um, is something that we can take forward afterwards. You know, it, it's taking the best parts of the situation we find ourselves in and using technology and then using that. Um, to its best advantages in a, in a different situation. So are you hearing any kind of commentary on that, on, on how the technology can be used sort of moving forward when we do finally get back in classrooms in a normal way?
1: Yeah, lots of conversations around that at the moment. Um, this, this model at the moment, I don't, I don't think it's particularly sustainable um, for the long term, but I think there are, ele- like you say, there are elements of this which um, could and should become normal practice. Um, And I think colleges up and down the country will all be having those same conversations as to um, their delivery models going forward. It's going to be a massive period of change, I think, because I feel like we've been propelled about five years into the future. And it's kind of my job and people like me's job to try and stop us going backwards in a way. so it's quite exciting in that respect but it's kind of doing that the right way is quite difficult so it's kind of making that sustainable making it long term yeah
2: okay and um, I mean as part of that you've got some really valid research um, looking at how we can kind of uh, get people on board and help support and, and work with the barriers and things have you had any opportunities to sort of share that information yet with other people at this stage? I mean, I know we're doing this on the podcast and I've seen some uh, tweets with you with some fantastic guides that you've that you've put out um, over this period, but have you got any kind of other plans for, for sharing that information or is that something still to kind of look at and address?
1: I think it's still something to look at and address. Uh, I think it's something I'll always be shouting about um, and due to the, the, the current situation and potentially the future situation. I think it's something that will grow and change, um, which I feel is quite exciting. Um, I don't, I, you know, I don't feel like it's one of those things that's going to sit and idle, if you know what I mean. Um, but it's getting the opportunity to do that. I think sometimes quite, um,
2: quite yeah. tricky. Absolutely, and I, I think the situation's kind of provided that opportunity to to sort of make us jump in with. Um, two feet in embracing it we almost need the same opportunities really now for sharing that further and i think it's going to be um a hot topic after we start going back into the classroom about kind of preparations for using technology effectively as well so it'll be really interesting to kind of hear more of what you find from that and also more from um what you take from those kind of uh, debriefs of of how people have felt adjusting to the technology Mm. and um i know that the staff that i work with i've shared one of the guides that you put out really early on and and there's some really interesting light bulb moments of oh, oh actually that that's really straightforward and simple to use teams i i feel okay ah, now. um so yeah <laughs> thanks for that mark I know, I know i did ask you at the time about borrowing that <laughs> but but i think there needs to be a bit more of that kind of light bulb moment of actually it's not too scary it doesn't need as much time as as we thought or as much adaptation um yeah, yeah.
1: and i think um a lot of a lot of what i've seen recently is that a lot of this change that's happening in, in how people are delivering stuff comes from the bottom up rather than the top down um, a lot of the change is practitioner led which is quite refreshing in a way um, and I, I'm a, I've considered myself a practitioner first and foremost I'm, I'm, I and I've, I've, I've been quite lucky that I've been able to affect some change um, but but I, I feel like I'm doing that from the bottom up so it's quite um, it's quite refreshing
2: well it's quite clear that there's been kind of a, a defined purpose to using your research, and okay, it might have been spread up slightly on on where you expected it to be, but um, there's quite clearly a role for research in moving things forward, and and certainly from a practitioner level. But have you kind of got any advice that you could um, pass on to people interested in doing some research, or or even just sort of taking those first steps at the moment? Um, yeah,
1: I think my biggest Piece of advice that I'd want to give myself is make sure your research has some purpose. Even if it, if it's not for yourself, then um, then then why? Um, so coming up with that reason for undertaking a project is is important. Um, and if other people in your organisation, if 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 your other people in your organisation, you know, cotton on to your research and they want to know more about it, um, you being passionate about it is where it's got to start. So my advice would be pick something you're passionate about that you know you can follow up and that you know that you're going to keep coming back to.
2: Excellent. No, I think that's, that's, that's kind of it. And you can tell there's a, a certain passion because, um, what the listeners can't see is what we can see with you kind of animated while you're talking about this. And that's really quite clearly coming across. Um, yeah,
1: sorry. And then, yeah. <laughs> I wave my arms a lot.
2: <laughs> and then we get, we get to this stage as well, where the, the, the kind of next value question is, well, what's next for you? And I know you kind of alluded to perhaps taking the research a little bit further, um, but I wonder if you've got any more specific plans about what you'd like to do with it or, or try and vary in the research um, as you go forward.
1: Yeah, I think um, going forward, the research that I plan on doing, if, the, the reason I didn't manage to take it forward was that it pivoted completely and it wasn't an extension of what I was currently doing. Um, so I think whatever I pick, you know, however I, this research, wherever it takes me, is um, it's got to be an extension of or a growth of this. Um, particular strands of this I'm really fascinated by and that's, um, I'm fascinated by risk takers in the in um in the classroom kind of thing Uh, and i'm fascinated by what characterizes a risk taker um and is there practice can we learn something from that can we can we turn someone from quite a conservative practitioner into a risk taker um and with a particular twist on educational technology i guess um is where i see that and innovation and that kind of stuff but um yeah, that, that's where I'd like. That's what I'd like to explore. I think when I take this forward.
0: So, when you are you intending to do that with sunset again, or are you looking at doing a PhD or a doctorate EdD? Ed?
1: Um, either with Sunderland um, or through a local university, I think. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. One, of the, one of the things that I've, I mean, my project at the time when you started yours was about building a, a research culture or research community within a college um and obviously if there are other people engaged in research alongside you I think that that kind of helps are you aware of other people at your college that are engaged in research I think you talked about sort of learning communities or something
1: yeah there's there's um, the only sort of uh, formal research that research that we've got happening at the college at the moment is we uh, sort of these action research groups these these learning communities which are happening um, and they've've they've they were new to the college for, for this academic year. Uh, and it's been an interesting kind of view on how they've evolved. Uh, some of them have become, I wouldn't really deem them action research. Others are very action research, but I think people are able, they have the autonomy to choose what they would like to, uh, you know, focus on and develop, um, whether that's something like a process in the college or whether that's something in their own practice um and then they're given the autonomy of how they're going to manage that little sort of mini project um so i guess it's practitioner research at the, at the heart of it um and coming together and reflecting is absolutely key um in growing that community from what i've found so far
0: well that's i think that's probably a good a good place to end on there okay
2: so, that, yeah. That's right in there with that kind of key message that ends right at the end. You know that growing a community is perfect. So thank you ever so much, Mark, for joining us today and sort of talking through your research, but also though the kind of hot hot topic of the moment about the impact with kind of COVID and the remote teaching and uh, that um, nightmare last minute uh, embracing of digital technology that everyone had to do when when they've kind of been putting it off. So um, and yeah. it was nice to hear your reflections on that. Thank you ever so much for joining us.
1: No, oh, thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. Thank you
2: thank you bye bye. Bye. thanks for joining us bye you've been listening to the fe research podcast you can follow the conversations on twitter using the hashtag fe research podcast thanks for listening and hopefully you can join us again soon